The New Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, beginning in the 11th chapter at the 29th verse. It is written, By an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians tried it and drowned. By faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days and the walls fell flat. By an act of faith, Rahab, the Jericho harlot, welcomed the spies and escaped the destruction that came on those who refused to trust God. I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There are so many more, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. Through acts of faith, they toppled kingdoms, made justice work, took the promises for themselves. They were protected from lions, fires, and sword thrusts, turned disadvantage to advantage, won battles, routed alien armies. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. There were those who, under torture, refused to give in and go free, preferring something better, resurrection. Others braved abuse and whips and, yes, chains and dungeons. We have stories of those who were stoned, sawed in two, murdered in cold blood. Stories of vagrants wandering the earth in animal skins, homeless, friendless, powerless. The world didn't deserve them, making their way as best they could on the cruel edges of the world. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole, their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on? It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, Go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he just plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Holy Spirit, Truth divine, dawn upon the soul of mine. Word of God and inward light, wake my spirit, clear my sight. Holy Spirit, love divine, glow within this heart of mine. Kindle every high desire, purge me now in thy pure fire. Holy Spirit, peace divine, still this restless heart of mine. Speak to calm this tossing sea, stayed in thy tranquility. Be with us now in the hearing of your word. 
and abide with us in the doing of it. Amen. One day when the Sultan was in his palace in Damascus, a beautiful youth who was his favorite rushed into his presence, crying out in great agitation that he must go at once to Baghdad, and he begged leave to borrow his majesty's swiftest horse. Well, the Sultan asked why he was such an why he was in such a hurry to get to Baghdad? Well, because, the youth replied, as I passed through the garden of the palace just now, death was there. And when he saw me, he stretched out his arms as if to threaten me, and I must lose no time in escaping from him. Well, the young man was given permission to take the sultan's horse and leave. And when he was gone, the sultan went down indignantly into the garden and found that death was still there. How dare you make threatening gestures at my favorite, he cried. But death, astonished, answered, I assure your majesty, I did not threaten him. I only threw up my arms in surprise at seeing him here, because I have an appointment with him tonight in Baghdad. You know, folks, when we come to understand the certainty of death, we shouldn't be casual about life. The author of Hebrews calls to mind the multitude of the faithful that have come before this generation and goes on to label them as a great cloud of witnesses. We then imagine that these gathered faithful assemble to observe each new generation as they undertake the challenge to remain faithful in their own lifespans in an effort, an effort this writer envisions as a race to be run with perseverance. So get rid of the sin that clings so closely to you and prevents you from running this race well. Do you ever wonder about such things? Can you really feel the presence of those who have you surrounded? It seems lately to me that we've dismissed the whole notion of wonder from our lives. We tend to be able to explain everything or simply await someone to come and explain it to us. Yet as I wrote this, I was anticipating seeing a meteor shower in the night sky. I don't know how it worked out for you. It was raining where I was. <laughs> but those sightings, they just amaze me. And they humble my sense of explaining away life. I really think the genuine wonder it just stops your heart. It sucks away your breath. It robs you of speech. It freezes you in your tracks. It unexplainably raises the hair on your arms or on the back of your neck. It seizes you just in an instant, and you just can't explain it away. Have you ever tried to take a puppy for a walk? Let me tell you, it takes forever. Not only does the puppy naturally resist the tug of the leash, but it must stop and pounce on every blasted leaf on the sidewalk, investigate every little click in the path, track every bug that comes along, and of course, smell every inch of the earth. It seems as if all is new and all is wonderful. 
in the 16th and 17th centuries. Among the most prized pieces of furniture that well-off families maintained were called wonder cabinets. Now they were really simply knick-knack shelves, but they were dedicated to displaying collections of natural wonders. Our ancestors used to go what they called marveling in the world. They would go marveling and come back with unique butterflies. They would go marveling and come back with four-leaf clovers. They would go marveling and come back with shimmering seashells. And they could put their wonder-filled discoveries into their wonder cabinets. And the wonder cabinets then were like momentary museums to the miraculous, giving their owners a daily dose of wonderment and marveling. So what's in your wonder cabinet? When's the last time you went marveling? I really think that a great sense of wonder is born when we cultivate an openness to all that just can't be understood, which sometimes maybe can even scarcely be believed. Can your mind still just be blown away by the beauty of God's creation? Can you be blown away by all the many blessings that God has rained down in your life? And just as there are times in the natural world when we must stop in our tracks and maybe just dare to wonder, there are times in the spiritual realm of things that can give us the same sense of pause. In this week's reading, the author of Hebrews collects in a wonder cabinet for us, really, two types of faithfulness. First, the author looks at the mighty works God was able to accomplish through the faithfulness of those such as Moses and Joshua and Rahab. And the list of divine accomplishment through faithful followers is so great that the author finally admits that there's just no time to continue telling about them all. And the other kind of faithfulness in the text speaks of a faith that was kept by those who were persecuted, tortured, and martyred. And truly, folks, such faith is as awe-inspiring as the parting of the Red Sea, the collapsing of the walls of Jericho, or the deliverance of the promised land into the hands of the Israelites. Who really can cease to be amazed at what men and women can accomplish, can endure, can turn to triumph, when they live by faith and not by sight? So the marveling journey that we take with our author this morning is really simply a wandering at faithfulness. So I guess the question would seem to be, can we wonder enough to have such courage and stamina in the face of persecution? Can we wonder enough to stand up for God when all the powers around us insist that we sit down? Can we still wonder enough to realize that generations past like a great cloud of witnesses, surround us at all times with a testimony to their faithfulness, cheering us on in a race that is yet before us, letting us know that we can do it and that they will help us on the way and that we don't ever, ever run this race by ourselves. There is wonder in the air 
all around us. And you might as well throw your hands up because you are surrounded. Don't be blind to the beauty and power that surrounds you. Don't be blind to the natural wonders and spiritual wonders that fence you in on every side. And you are equipped not only with your God-given gifts and abilities, but with the testimony of those who have gone before. You are equipped just as they were and continue to be with the love of Christ and the encouragement of all the saints to do nothing less, nothing less than to change the world. God, give us the courage to just do it. When was the last time you just went marvelous?